This is a Makgora. We will respect our tradition. Keep listening till they came from the silver screen. Each week, myself, Josh Trigenza, and my co-host, Damien Danaher, pick a film and discuss it at length. Damien, how are we doing? Um, I'm doing a lot better than I was last week, bro. How are you going? Yeah, well, I'm about the same as I was last week, which uh, is, uh, I, I guess it's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm also, I'm also about the same as I was, you know, five minutes ago. When we first when did we, this. When, when, we, when we first tried to record this introduction, yeah. which is a reference that literally no one except us will get, but uh, I'm nothing if not about the esotericism of the podcast industry. So, you know what? Leave it in. Healing it back. One exactly. Onion layers, baby. Onions. Yeah, going through the, going through the, uh, the portals into the other dimension of podcasting. Nice segue. Nice. Is of course, of course, this week, of course, <clears throat> we are discussing the long in production video game film Warcraft, directed by the one and only Duncan Jones, aka Zoe Bowie. May his father rest in peace. And he was, I guess, he was he his big film that people may know him from was directing the 2009 uh, Moon with Sam Rockwell Indeed. and Kevin Spacey. He then went on a very low budget, but you wouldn't know it. That was a, a fantastic. You wouldn't know it. That, mo- that movie had uh, five million dollars, which is nothing. as far as I recall to do that. And by all accounts, most of that budget actually went to Spacey. It is to get him on board, and you know, money. Well worth. I, I heard an old wives' tale actually about that. That uh, Spacey actually refused to lend his voice until he actually saw the entire movie. Really with someone else doing um, the voice of the robot. And then after he saw it, he said, yes. That's, seems like a that seems move like a to me, move, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Yeah. So, I mean, but anyway, proof is in the pudding. It worked. It worked. He it was did a, well a, to do. a beautiful, amazing little uh, tribute to Logan's run and 2001 mm. and, you know, the, the old-fashioned hard sci-fi you know that uh much reminds me of our you know alien ridley scott you know working men in uh in a and women of course in a in a sci-fi environment where the sci-fi almost isn't even the point yeah and yeah it's just the backdrop to a greater story indeed so it is kind of strange that we now find ourselves uh, reviewing a film that is almost hilariously divorced from uh, what Moon was as a concept and as a film in terms of scale and budget and subject matter and theme, everything really. Yeah, and I guess you could say that like, <clears throat> uh, when Jones did uh, Source Code, he was starting to bridge that gap between you know, the everyday and the, uh, the fantastical. Yeah. I mean, like it's, and, and also, you know, a slight rise in budget. He'd sort of gone down the, uh, Robert Rodriguez, mm. you know, El Mariachi trilogy route of doing the first, his first movie for peanuts. And then he got, you know, a bit of a budget for the second. And then for the third, they gave him some serious money to, you know, and tech to work with. And between then, he'd be doing, he'd be playing around with a whole bunch of things in uh, you know, the Spy Kids films and Shark Boy and Marvel Girl and all of that. So he'd he'd cut him, he'd cut himself uh, a fine bit of uh, technical prowess between those two things. Mm, Whereas indeed, Jones is but really I mean, but yeah, run head first into this. Yeah, I mean, he's he's very much he remind. He, he, I think of him, and I think of Gareth Edwards, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah, you know, uh, you do monsters a very, very low budget, but you know, technically beautiful and beautifully shot, an excellently acted film that was made for peanuts, and then uh, you know, he was gifted Godzilla, gets a big budget, you know, on a property that you know hasn't been popular for 
a good while, which I would I would I would argue is the same with uh, Warcraft. Mm. And I mean, people. Won't, well, we've got most uh, people won't, won't understand this, but uh, subscribers for you know WoW have like dropped dramatically. I think we've got a few. The last we've got a month in the last, until the next uh, update, big update is happening. And then mm, that will probably exactly. bring back things, but then it'll taper off. And so, yeah, no, it is. It has plummeted. Yeah, and so then now, um, uh, I mean, Edward's been, you know, gifted with, you know, Star Wars property, you know, a proven IP. And so, yeah, it's funny. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the actual movie he's done this week, but, I mean, I'm kind of curious to see what, like, Jones does after this mm. because he's cut his teeth on the big blockbuster, you know, arguably the most CGI heavy uh, movie of all time. And so to be curious to see like what he does after that, because he's, because he said that he's intrigued and uh, wants to do a sequel. And I know that Blizzard <clears throat> wants sequels out of this otherwise they wouldn't have called it warcraft the beginning yeah well and you know activision and blizzard you know they're the you know activision's got more money than they know what to do with because of and, that, and that's a really interesting thing isn't yeah. it because they can just throw money it, at it. It, yeah exactly it doesn't even matter if this movie does well mm. and it's you know <laughs> Yeah, and it was. It seemed like there was a bit of a blank check for for Jones to mm, make this to really into his thing. Do, yeah, I mean, like uh, he he by all accounts is actually uh, a hardcore WoW enthusiast. Mm. Yeah, so you know, probably knows. So in many ways, it's funny because I mean, you, you, it's funny how we keep going back to it. But Batman versus Superman, Zack Snyder would argue that like he is a, a devotee of DC Comics. Yeah. Like you know that, and and he's a he's a he's a fan that is making a movie about these characters that he loves and knows. And uh, Jones, by all, by all accounts, is the uh, exact same. This is a guy that, you know, knows the the law. And so to, like, I mean, kick it off, I mean, this movie has been in production for 10 years. Legendary Pictures and uh, Blizzard first announced that this movie was getting made back in 2006. So yeah, ten years it's taken. Yeah, for this. I was. I mean, I was still in school when they were announcing that this movie was going to get made. Yeah, yeah, you and me both. Yeah, we were still. Uh, you and me, yeah, exactly. And you, you, do, do you know who the original director for this was meant to be? Ooh, I couldn't guess. I couldn't guess. It was. It was going to be Sam Raimi. Oh, that, so you know, this is what mid Spider Man for him. Um, no, it was, it was after Spider-Man. Raimi signed on around 2011. Gotcha. All right. That's all this so, after the, it was after that. Yeah. And then he bailed to go do Oz the Great and Powerful, I'm pretty no. sure, which, uh, which funnily enough, I mean, if you want to compare CGI heavy fantasy movies, I mean, straight up, I'll take Warcraft over. Oz the Great and Powerful any day. Yeah, that's which is which is which is a, which is a very you know intriguing concept because yeah, I mean let's not mince words. This movie wasn't exactly uh, darling with the critics. No, not at all. But I, but I also wonder exactly how worse it actually could have been if another director had been in the chair because um, Jones came on board. And being uh, a man like that knew the law, expressed extreme displeasure with the script. Yeah, because uh, you know when he came on board, you know it was as you know, and this is a quote from him: "It was the stale fantasy trope of humans are the good guys and monsters are the bad guys." Yeah. Which is, you know, Which, let's be fair, that's kind of what, um, yeah, it's a, a very cookie cutter. It's very Hollywood of it. 
it yeah. doesn't do the service so, of what Warcraft, because <laughs> you know, World of Warcraft is the current incarnation of of this universe. But um, you know, this movie's based before even you know the ninety ninety six, um, yeah, ninety six um, game called Warcraft. Yeah, it's on the it's 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 yeah, it's based on the first iteration, the fir- the first, the very first Warcraft. Yeah. You know, back when it was, you know, when online gaming was very, very fucking problematic. Mm. When it was about, you know, you got to like get a hardcore LAN, you know, dial up connection with your mate who has to be sitting right next to yeah. you. In order for anything you know, to happen. The, yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's how these like, you know, uh, you know, LAN festivals came into being. Mm. Back, back in the golden days of yore, was you couldn't do uh, a competition online. Yeah, I think you know you had to you had to be in the same room, <clears throat> you know, to to actually for it to be even vaguely possible for you guys to uh, play a game together. And of course, you know, ten years, you know, my how time flies. Yeah, ten years it become you know World of Warcraft. You know, it's, it is very popular still. You know, despite mm. dwindling, um, dwindling subscriptions, you know, it's still insanely popular. People like lose their entire life to this game. Absolutely, and I mean, I'll be, I'll be intrigued to see nothing like because I haven't checked yet how um, box office results uh, go down in places like uh, South Korea and China. Yeah. Where, where this game is still running like absolute gangbusters. Mm. But the other, the other like uh, thing I also wonder about is uh, were they right to start this movie with the first game? Well, because, because the, the, the lasting memories I have of the game are from Warcraft 3. Yeah, well, I don't think, like, I don't think there was even, like, a proper story based around, like, the first one. Like, because mm. the one that I remember, um, I don't know if it was 3 or if it was 2, but it was, um, the main character was... Arthas. Arthas is the human one, and then there was the, um, then there was the orc who was the descendant of the... Uh, Juratan. Yeah, it was, yeah, by, like, generations, because it was... You know, yeah. The, the, yeah, this was... <laughs> and he's an inconsequential character. Uh, yeah, that far further along. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I mean, you know, so basically 100 years before, like, we're starting to, like, understand what's going on in, you know, in Warcraft 3, then World of Warcraft is... a. You, is is some years after that as well, so it's yeah it's really far back. It's very interesting that like I guess it's it's being able to take their time with this and to really pay respects. Yeah. I guess that's what and that's and I mean I, yeah, and I have to assume that that's the reason. Yeah, and you know the fact that they want to do a trilogy, so maybe eventually they will get to the the lore and the history of Warcraft three. But I mean. I understand that they they have quite literally an endless and bottomless pit of money that they can draw from. You know, Activision, they got all that fucking Call of Duty money. Yeah, they ain't running out anytime soon. You know, so, but also, yeah, it just, it's it's that uh, intriguing concept of do you create a movie that will please the fans or do you create a movie that will draw new viewers in? And so I think that's like the real essential dichotomy of this film. Is it, uh, accessible to the lay person? Cause I could, because I don't think I, it is. I, yeah, no, I think it, I think it's a strange one because I think it, the, the target audience is Duncan Jones. <laughs> I think yeah. this is a film purely for himself that he would be proud to see <laughs> up on screen. I don't know whether, like, because 
I do not play WoW. I do not, you know, I've, I've played, I've played maybe a, a few hours of the Warcraft things. I have a very I played, I played the single, I, yeah, I played the single player campaign in Warcraft 3. Yeah. But I have, I have no notion of anything that happens in one or two. I have no concept whatsoever of the fucking shit that goes down in uh, World of Warcraft. Yeah. There was some expansion I saw advertised where there's fucking pandas now. Yeah, there was the, so yeah, I, there was just, the pandas and all of that. The, so, so, I mean, like, you know what? I, you know, I got no clue. I think the, I think the fell's <laughs> coming no, back I, into I it, no, but, like... Yeah, but even that wasn't even adequately described. I thought it was the veil that they were talking about for a lot of it. I was like, the veil? No, I thought it was the... I thought it started with an F. It's the fell. F E L. That's what. That's what yeah. the bad green power is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So I mean, that, <clears throat> so, I mean, this is an entire movie that seems to me uh, to be torn between, uh, you know, its existence. I think we probably have to acknowledge is based upon the, the, the fervor and the. The, the uh, size of the fan base of the games. Yeah. I think it's banking on the fact so, that they, at least yeah. if they saw it, at least if, you know, <laughs> even a portion of them, yeah. it's still making them. <clears throat> Which I think, I mean, and, and, you know, we this could be an entirely separate podcast, but like maybe we can touch upon it here, I think is the inherent failing of video game movies in general. Yeah, it's... That that, that that any any film that is uh, inspired by or based upon a video game is more or less it exists in the first place because there was a fan base large enough to justify moving the uh, property to film, and so then what you're going to do is you're going to create a story and craft a world and a depiction of the property that all these people know and love and transmute it into a film version that these people will be comfortable watching. Which is a very hard thing to do because most games are, you know, most games are, you know, 20 hours nowadays and they've, and exactly. even then there's not enough room to put in as much as they could. You know, you're able to, you know, walk around, you're able to interact. Yeah. The interaction or, or lack of interaction is what, um, is what you're doing within the game so that you're, you are able to immerse yourself far greater that you can create an emotional connection with this story, these characters and all of that. And it's very yeah. hard to do that within two hours Exactly, and that's a thing about these sorts of characters. They're not deep characters. No, it's and it's no. not deep. And the point, and yeah. not like and the, we're we're not seeing them in the middle of something. I don't. I feel like this is these characters are just there to tell this exact story at this exact time, and then after that, they wouldn't really be doing anything. They're waiting for the, the exactly. sequel. And so that's, and that's, and I think that's the, you know, inherent uh, contradiction mm. of adapting a video game to, video game to film, is that uh, the people that have these intense emotional connections with these characters, they don't have that connection because they, you know, they're so they're incredibly deep characters. Mm. They don't have that connection because they went you know, through some incredible transmutation and they got to the end and the character's completely different. They have a connection because they superimposed themselves as players onto this archetypal avatar and played through the game and after 20 hours, of course, are going to be invested. Yeah. But, it's not the, but it's not the same narrative investment as you get with a character in a film. Yeah. I mean, really, if we're going to... You know, if we're going to target the World of Warcraft people, the closest, like, entertainment piece that you would use would not be a film. 
it would be uh, like an like a electronic poker machine because that's what World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft preys upon is that, you know, mm. the leveling up, the, you know, those numbers, getting those, getting those crits. Exactly. There's, there's, there's no end to yeah. it. So it's like, yeah, transferring it's, it's, that it's over. A, it's a different it's thing. It's what they call, it's, uh, it's gamification. Yeah, that it, yeah, that's, it's gamification. It's, you know, that's where you get the farm bills and, and stuff uh, like that. Uh, <clears throat> what's the phrase that, what's the phrase that everyone uses? It's, it's, it's the grind. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not the story. It, the point is the development of your stats, you know, of, of getting like a sword with a slightly better hit rate or, you know, up in your fucking mana or something like that. How do you translate that kind of fervor for that style of entertainment into a movie where and I know everyone, <clears throat> you know, you see a lot of movies out there nowadays where that's, you know, people don't seem to think that's the case. But <clears throat> with uh, cinema, narrative is still king. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. And if you, don't, if, you, if you don't have a good story, and it seems insane that I have to say this, but if you don't have a good story, it's going to suck. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, it's and a, lot, <clears throat> a lot of games are coming out that are taking more of the – you know, the opportunities to develop a storyline that is far better. This is dogged with years and years and years of its own, of its own backstory. And I think, I think it's, I think it's, yeah, it's not in the foreground. Yeah. The wealth, it's, it's almost, I mean, it's law is something that you can read. Yeah. You get a book with the game and you can read about the races and you can read about the history of all these characters. But then to put that into a film, it's clunky and it's awkward. And and that's not to say and there I, isn't I, something I, I, here. No, 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 there isn't. I, no, no, there absolutely is. But it's just, you know, I, I, I personally feel that um, you can see, you can absolutely see the potential for a good film. Absolutely. Well, yeah, let's in, in, in this movie. But the problem is I feel like uh, Jones felt the need either through uh, studio pressure or through his own uh, emotional attachment to the uh, product. There seemed to be such a need to uh, name check so many different things, you know, races and names and places and even weapons, you know, you have to have this certain shield. You have to have this kind of sword and this kind of armor, which for the, the average cinema guy, they're going like, like I give a shit about like what kind of sword he's carrying. Yeah. It's, you know, for, but for, but for people who play the game, the sword's got to have that very specific fucking insignia yeah, on the wink and the nod and all that, and you know, and I and I think I think it's to the detriment of the film that they uh, went so hardcore on pleasing the fan base. Yeah, well, I think, and so I've been thinking about this a lot since since I saw it. So, I guess a quick rundown of the synopsis of this is, um, you know, the orcs are not of this earth; they are from another planet. Uh, their land is dying because of an abuse of a resource called the fell, uh, done by a, a, a mage, uh, Gul'dan. And yeah, let's just call it death magic. Death, yeah, death magic. Or, yeah. Ne- or, or well, you know what, necromancy. Yeah. It's fucking necromancy. That's pretty much what. It, yeah, pretty much what it is. Yeah. So Gul'dan um, is is using it. He's he's rallied the basically the last survivor, survivors of the orc species. And uh, they've opened up this portal in order to go to uh, was it Azeroth, uh-huh. um, which is the land of the humans and the the high elves and the dark elves. So basically, everyone else and the do- and the and, and the, the dwarves. dwarves yeah. yeah. So the, you know your standard Tolkien um, races. You know, and then yeah, the orcs are there. The orcs are there, um, and you know, Gul'dan is saying that you know we need to conquer this world. And all of that because there are there are war race and all of that. Now the um, you know the, the which which which, which, which of, is 
you know, quite nice, you know, because that's, I mean, it's a good place to start. You know, I think, I think it's really, it's, it's, it, you know, and this is one of the credits of the movie. It doesn't start with the humans. No. And I think it, if we're going to make this a really good film, I think it shouldn't have shown any sort of like, it should have seen like the humans and all of that as basically just stand-ins mm. uh, because the real story is I was between guessing the real story is, Duratan, uh, you know, Duratan and uh, his attempt to, you know, the, uh, the frost wars basically forge peace. It'd be fascinating. I think to see an entire movie, like the, the whole movie from his point of view yeah. and his journey. Yeah, I think that would be fa- like fascinating because he's he's dealing with the politics of of dealing with all these chieftains who are you know they're all trying to uh, vie for control under the under you know Gul'dan. Then he's got like his right hand man uh, Black Hand played by Clancy Brown. Holy shit! Mm. Great to see Clancy Brown in anything. Was he played by Clancy Brown? Black I hand. thought he was played by Rob- I thought he was played by uh, Robert Kaczynski. Uh, no, that was. Um, uh, what and was then it? the um, and then um, was the Robert, like uh, Robert Krasinski played his. Uh, he played Dutan's right hand man, the bald one. Yeah, Doomhammer, and then uh, Clancy Brown played Black uh, Hand. Black Hand yeah. That that bad that bad chief, big, big bad, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah. So it was Duratan and Doomhammer basically trying to team up together to. Yeah. Find a peaceful solution, God forbid. Yeah, which is, which, you know, a peaceful solution amongst a warring tribe because, like, a warring people because that's all they know that they've, um, you know, it was early on that they said, uh, you know, oh, uh, Gul'dan's found someone else for us, to, someone else for us to fight. And it was like there is no one else for us to fight. So you mm-hmm. know, these are people who are on the edge because they're either, you know, their world is dying, their people are dying, and you know, this is a you know, a new world that they've, you know, happened upon. Uh, they've been gifted, basically. They've got a, you know, a chance to start, you know, start anew or start differently. And I think yeah. that was what and, they were and, trying. And see, and see that, and, yeah, and see, that's where the movie, like, demonstrates promise, I think. Yeah. Because it, deal, it deals with, like, some quite, you know, interesting, complex, you know, issues about – you know, the nature of warfare, you know, uh, the nature of uh, tradition versus pragmatism. Yeah, and this is also, you know, this is a new father as well. You know, he's, you know, he's uh, got a, uh, Duratan's got a pregnant wife who as soon as they end up on uh, Azeroth, uh, she gives birth to uh, to the child who uh, for a large part of the film goes unnamed to do a name check of uh, Goel, uh, brother to Kalel, of course, Superman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, because because of course, it all ties back. Yeah, because of course they had. Yeah. yeah, and then it's one of those, you know, it's, it, it's those that name check of like yes, and then he's gonna sigh a thrall, who's a big character. You know, they're they're the big characters within the Warcraft storyline. Um, Duratan. Not not that anyone. Who didn't play the games would know that. Yeah, I mean, shit, the only reason why I recognize the name Gul'dan is because he is a character that you uh, can play as in the uh, the card game, the Blizzard card game Hearthstone, which I've... Oh, God, really? So, yeah, like, I only know that, like, circumstance, like, you know, by circumstance. So it's like, and mm. everyone else is like, I have no fucking clue who any of these people are. And yeah. that's okay. And that's, you don't need uh, yeah. to. <laughs> If it's a good yeah, story. I think, yeah, but the whole point is all of these characters and, you know, are laden with such a subliminal level of history that it's just assumed that you'll, you'll know watching the movie yeah. that like for, for, for someone like you or I, like, you know, like we are aware of the the the, the IP, mm. but for someone who has never heard of any of these characters, I just don't I just don't see how 
they wouldn't just get lost in the fact that there are like between 12 and 15 major named players. And they're not exactly in easy this names. Game. Yeah, they're not, they're, they don't roll off the tongue. Yeah, Anduin, Lothar, Karana, uh, uh, yeah. Medivh. Uh, like yeah. we're in, like that's like that's like, uh, <laughs> and there's, and, and there's a, the you know there's a thing that they do in movies that they usually never do when they adapt from books. If there's two characters whose names sound vaguely alike, they'll always change mm. them. But you've got Gul'dan, you've got Gamora. Yeah, well, Gamora, that's uh, that's Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly, Garona. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, that's so another I mean, like, green it, woman, <laughs> warrior woman. Indeed. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you get. You get sidetracked on like, well, who's the fuck their name? It's like, are we calling? Yeah, and so you spend you spend you spend the entire movie basically just trying to keep track of who the fuck is who, and you don't even uh, recognize uh, what story's going on. I mean, the whole the whole notion of uh, Gul'dan and his death magic and trying to open the portal. I mean, it's it's implied, but it's not exactly ever stated that that's what he's trying to do yeah for, yeah for what purpose is he doing it's just for the fucking hell just for power for power's sake which you know yeah because i mean like yeah because he takes all these he takes all these prisoners and they're like oh i need them i need all of yeah. them okay for what to open the portal how and you just see him sucking some people and then like blowing some other stuff towards the portal like various vague lights yeah sucking from someone and then a different color colored light goes into another place and that's and that's it you know it's 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 just i mean i i wish i wish i knew someone that actually knew the games well mm. because i'd be really interested to see what they thought of the film yeah that's because <laughs> but that, but, but but that being said, yeah, a film can't stand on. I, 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 the yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I don't think that's the point. The, the film should be judged on, you know, s- someone who's never seen it or heard. Well, yeah, of at least its own merits. It you know, you should like. It's a very if you're going to do the the humans versus orcs, but you know the. Orcs aren't all bad. Like that's a cool story to have. You can do that. Just don't make it so fucking confusing. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, I've watched it three times now, mm. and I'll be honest. In spite of myself, I like. I I do. I do enjoy this movie. Yes, I. There's there's enough there's enough good in it. Yeah, it is an enjoyable the, the, film the, 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 that I actually enjoy watching it. And I mean, I, I like we need to we need to pay tribute to the uh, production. Oh yeah. So on this film, this this is a film that shot in 2014 for four months, and then was in post production for twenty months insanity it's absolutely insane what they did you know so i mean like avatar did not take this long to go from uh principal shooting to release and to me it's the same uh leap forward in terms of cgi characters yeah and that 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 avatar was the orcs to me were more real than the humans. Yeah, that I think that's that's where like you've put so much time into only one side of it. So yeah. like the the landscapes and the and the, the orcs look fucking amazing. Just so amazing that I, I know I know this doesn't sound like correct, but they looked human. Yeah. No, they they, they didn't you know, they they didn't have an uncanniness to them. They look like they fit. That's the thing. I mean, I, you, you know, you think back to well, let's you know, think ten years ago when they first started talking about making this movie, and Robert Zemeckis is making the push for you know these uh, full mocap CGI movies. So he did you know Polar Express. Express. Yeah, the Christmas he did uh, ba- yeah, you know, he did Beowulf with uh, 
Ray Winston. Yeah, that's he probably did Chris a good Carroll one to with, base uh, it upon. Like Beowulf yeah, and then I mean, this. Like Beowulf especially with that fantasy element and everything like that. But you looked into those characters' eyes and they were dead inside. Mm. There is light in in the eyes of uh, Duritan and his wife. Yeah. And and Doomhammer. And he and he and even in uh, Blackhand, you know, you can you can actually register the emotion in these fully uh, artificially manifested characters. Yeah, it is. And so, fantastic. I mean, if nothing else, yeah. So, if nothing else, this film is a triumph of motion capture and uh, production. Yeah, it is. And the, and, the, and the set design is great. Yeah, everything, like, that's all stuff that does get enhanced over those 10 months. Mm. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's only so much yeah, so- you can do with footage that you've taken in 2014 with all of the humans on screen. Exactly. So yeah. you've put all of that time and-, and effort into one side and, like, this – like a few issues, yeah, and, and 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 that's and that's and that's the thing. The orcs seem so much more well-rounded as characters than the humans. Yeah. I know that's not the intention of the movie, but the humans almost seem more intransigent and villainous than the orcs do. And like, I mean, apart from apart from, apart from Gul'dan, apart from yeah, exactly. And apart from Gul'dan, who with the green eyes and the evil cloak and the staff of doom is obviously evil personified. Most of the orcs actually just seem like good blokes. Yeah. Like they're just, they're just a war tribe. Like that's, they, yeah. they look like that, you know, and it's yeah, really fucking cool. Like costuming to them too. Cause you know, black hands yeah. got two dragons as, you know, shoulder pads. All these fucking bones yes. and shit. I mean, oh. like you know, like but like, and even in crowd scenes, they all have their own personality. The, the difference, the difference, the differentiation between every single orc in like a major crowd scene. There's none of this, like you know. Let's put a couple of like you know, uh, general you know, different people in the front, and then we'll just like multiply. Well, and just double up in the background. They, everyone, everyone is different. Whereas it, with the, the the human characters, you know, you've got you know in a group of twenty, you've got the you know you've got the uh, the Stormwind soldiers. Which and they just all the soldiers. slapped a helmet they, they, on. Them. They've all yeah, they've all got their helmet on. They all look exactly the same. If anything, there <laughs> the, uh, the 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 faceless aggressors. Yeah. This is of the movie. The, the 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 orcs in battle. You see them. They've got more emotion. They're you know roaring and crying and attempting to you know yeah the knights of storm basically wind you know storm preserve yeah that's that's what they are as opposed to the orcs being like the rebels yeah and so I don't know if they meant for it to be taken that far in that direction. I assume they didn't because no. Duncan. Jones said he wanted it to be 50 50. I don't, I don't think he succeeded. I think he gave too, I think he gave too much uh, to the orcs and not enough to the humans, yeah. to be honest. And it's, you know, there were, you know, and it's, I, f- I feel that there are I better mean, actors in the orc side as well. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because uh, you look at uh, Travis Fimmel. Who uh, plays uh, you know, and- yeah. Andrew Lothar, so, the you know the, the titular the, character, the, the de facto, yeah, the de facto hero yeah. of the movie, you know, on the human side at least, mm. you know, Australian actor, uh, very very well known for his leading role in the TV series Vikings, yep. and that's kind which, of which 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 I have never seen, never seen no. but I have to assume that that's where his accent comes from in the movie. Yeah, that feels like it's just. It feels like he's just they gave him a bit more hair because you know he's got like what a, <laughs> uh, a mohawk or something like that in it. Well, yeah, well, that's a, yeah, that's a thing. They him up and they let him keep. They, 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 yeah, they let him keep the beard and gave him a wig and basically said, "Be your character in Vikings, but now it's orcs instead of other Vikings." And I can only assume and, uh, take take away some of the characterization you had in Vikings. I'm assuming. Never seen it. I mean, 
It ran for what? It's it, it's still running, so you know it's still running. They've they've done. I think they finished season four. Yeah, so or something like that. It's funny because I mean, you know, uh, they always say you know the soul comes through the eyes, which is what we've just talked about with you know the CGI characters. But like, um, uh, here's a distraction. Tell, tell me if tell, tell you. Thank you. He's a very distraction. He's like every single scene he's in. Yeah, it's they're, they're, it's. I'm trying to think of the phrase. They're unnecessarily piercing. Yeah, he looks like he is trying to pierce. He's trying to like he's got laser eyes and he's trying to burn holes through fucking everyone there. The entire audience is just like, and it's just like, thank Christ! I thought I was the only I one. I was like, this is <laughs> like, and it made him. It made him really like un like uncanny. He was uncanny, whereas the orcs weren't. Mm. He was, yeah. and he's just a. I mean, like, yeah, it's funny. The orcs acted naturally, and he, yeah, yeah. It was, it was only, the, it was only the humans that acted like they were in a fantasy movie. Yeah, you know, Ben Foster's um, playing what the Guardian was. Uh, M- Medivh. Yeah, Medivh. yeah, yeah. He was. I, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, look, uh, poor guy. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've got I've got a soft spot for Ben Foster. I like him I th- because I think he's I think he's an amazing actor. You know, almost as good as Scoot, but uh, almost, almost. It's hard. It's hard to get a leg up. I on really Scoot loved him in Three Ten to Uma. Three Ten to Uma, he was excellent. He was excellent in The Messenger with uh, uh, Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a very, very good actor, and uh, but you know, and you know what, I, I, I liked him in this movie. He, he, up until the end, I would agree with you. I thought he played see, it out I, really well until he became very melodramatic, like he was a villain from a sci-fi film, like sci-fi yeah. the channel of like, uh, like <laughs> Sharknado, Nado, and all of that. Jesus, that's that's a harsh. Burn. Yeah, it's. It's funny because I mean, like you know, for most of the movie, he actually downplayed it, his character so much that it ended up being over the top. Yeah, yeah. No. But 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 I kind of liked it because it was that you could see that it was a self aware. Like I, I felt like he was one of the only actors that actually knew how ridiculous this entire proposition was. I think him and um, Callum Keith uh, Rennie. Uh, who played his um, his concert his his right hand man? Yeah, I feel like who they, um, like he's, who I who I who I um, Galactica he was in most yeah, exactly. I remember I, yeah, I remember I remember him mostly as, as playing Leoben yeah. in uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, and I I feel you like know, they had very good chemistry because I think they were both in on it. Mm. It's funny. I think like one of the, one of the greatest criticisms that I think this movie's uh, had from most critics and you know even some you know just uh, audience members is that it plays everything too straight. Yeah, I think th- I think this is I think this is a movie that doesn't actually understand. I think and I, I think that honestly that comes from Duncan Jones. Because he's taking it very seriously. Because he's got so yeah, much invested. Yes, yeah, exactly. There's there's a reverence to the source material mm. that is blind to just how fucking ridiculous all of this actually is. And I, I think I think the best person you can see how it is that can be taxing is Dominic Cooper. Mm. He is paying that see, in. Like, y- yeah, you see him wanting to deliver this you know, deep, you know, uh, interesting portrayal of a, of a good king that's driven towards a, a terrible moment of decision towards the end of the film. But you're just like, he's bland. Yeah. He's so bland. And so, like, when that final scene comes where he basically convinces Gamora to kill him in order to gain favour with the Orcs so that she can then be a diplomatic force within their coterie so that then when the next movie comes around, she can actually enforce a peace between them and the humans. It's meant to be, like, the emotional climax of the film, but she stabs him and I'm just like, 
Ah, all right, fine. Well, it was because it's a plot point that was brought up very like nonchalant. It was just like halfway yeah. through. It was like the you know the the queen was saying you know you know I'd get no honor if I killed the queen. I'll yeah, get more from but that's, but, yeah, but that's the, the thing. But it wasn't even it wasn't even a plot point. It was just a, it was just a yeah, a brief exchange. It, 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 was just, it, it was it was just a fact of like the difference in culture. Yeah, and it's like that and was then, a thing. And then and then and then suddenly they're in the middle of a fucking battle, and there's soldiers like and like somehow they're able to have a fucking like three minute conversation about the future of these two races on this planet without any kind of outside aggressors attacking them at all. Which we already know there's and, many of them. And they, they seem yeah. to be pretty fucking ticked off in the, the council, um, you know, meeting that they all had. It was pretty much yeah, everyone so was at their wit's end with uh, Stormwind. Uh, King mm. Which, yeah, I, <laughs> that I, was I a think, weird I think, scene I think too. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, well, again, that's just like a fucking name check scene. Yeah. And it was, it's just like, you know, oh, like it, it's, it's just for like people that are coming in. It's like, it's Warcraft. Where are the high elves? Oh, here's some high elves for you. Do they do anything? No. Just kind of pissed Next off. Movie. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, and it, yeah, it was purely so Garona was in the right spot uh, to set up the, to uh, align itself with the law. That's what it felt like. Exactly. Yeah. So she can, she can, she can murder, you know, Lane. The, she can murder the king, yeah. Lane, and then you know the mo- and so facilitate the uniting of the humans and the dwarves and the elves, yeah, against the orcs to then set up the next movie. And that I mean that was actually the deal breaker for me because for like for the most part, for almost the entirety of the movie, I was actually willing to just kind of you know go along for the ride. Mm. I think and and just and and enjoy this you know not as some sort of you know Finnegan's wake masterpiece or anything like that but as a perfectly adequate adaptation of a pretty silly fantasy story yeah because we've because we've because we've seen plenty of those in our time but then just the the sheer bare-faced hypocrisy of refusing to wrap up storylines that could so easily have been resolved purely in order to service an artificial cliffhanger for a movie that I don't even know is going to be made. Yeah, it's that 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 is that is what broke it for me. And it, it could have been salvaged. So let's, you know, the the few things that this kind of so that sort of betrayal, quote unquote, um, created was, you know, there was the uh, the romance that uh, apparently was happening between um, Anduin and uh, Garona. Yep, if it was, it was, I certainly didn't see it, it five, any scene in the it movie. Was five minutes before, like they had to like go off and do the big battle and all that. That was he was a di- he was a dick to her for about fifty minutes, yeah. and then they had one scene where he was drunk and she was sorry that she vaguely was responsible for killing his son. And then the next scene, they were thick as thieves. Yeah. So, you know, maybe let's, maybe let's play that out a little bit more. Let's actually develop that. That that is a, you know, a a romance that's, that's blossoming sort of thing. But then you've got the Mm. fact that Garona's big thing is that she's an outcast and she, so instead of the king saying, Hey, you should do this, you know, let's take the power out of the hands of the only like influential woman in this in this picture. Why not she sees this opportunity to get back in with her own people? She can either create this relationship with the humans where um, she would always be an outsider still, or she could be accepted by doing this one thing and she knows that it would that would bring her like it would align with her goals that we've been shown. She's an outcast, but she wants to be part of her own people. Give her that power to do it. Then she does it. Then that love, that romance does that. It does break tragically so that you've still got all of those, those pieces set up on the board and you can play it all out. And it just, it's a lot neater than having it happen all in the last 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. 
I mean, if you if you want to look at uh, a romance between two different peoples that uh, blossoms and then through conflict, uh, you know, dissipates, but not because of some hackneyed script-induced misunderstanding, but rather just organically, we can look back to two weeks ago and uh, to Hayao Miyazaki and Princess Mononoke. Yes. Yes, of course. That is a romance that built and was organic and was beautiful and then shit went down and it wasn't this harsh, you are now my enemy. It was just we love each other but we're too different. Yeah, we, and we serve and we service both of our people better by going our separate ways. And that's how I really actually thought the movie could have ended beautifully. If, you know, fine. Uh, Gamora goes through, you know, with killing lane as a plot point. I don't dispute that. I think that, that is a perfectly serviceable like way to go about it. I think the the way the movie occurred meant that like it just wasn't as impactful as I think the movie thought it was. No. But to have Lothar then just suddenly just say, she is now our enemy, she made a choice, that just seems it seems so heavy handed and it just seems so contrary to the delicacy that uh, Jones said he wanted to bring to this movie. Why couldn't they do the, the Mononoke route where he says, I accept the choice that she made. I understand why she made it because like he's meant to be a smart guy. I, I would, I wouldn't know that from what we saw. I know, but the move, but the but the movie, but the the movie certainly seems to think by the end that he is he alone is the guy to lead this entire alliance of races. So it obviously it obviously has assumed throughout the film that we accept that he is a character with judgment, despite the fact that he ignores multiple warnings uh, from. Cadgar. Oh like yes, bare yeah. faced, bare bare faced warnings that uh, Medivh is up to no good. Here is hardcore paper, you know, Snowden style evidence that he's doing some shit, and he's like, ah, don't worry about it, or at least not until the plot requires that we worry about yeah. it. And really, so I mean, like, yeah, I just, I, 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 really, I think, like, if the, if they wanted, if they wanted to tease a sequel, fine, but if, if you're going to do it, do it with some fucking delicacy. So have it that you know he understands why she did what she did, and that he still loves her. But now there's that conflict of, well, he, you know, she, she killed the king, and I understand that she was backed into a corner, but like, you know where will her loyalties truly lie at the end of the day as opposed to oh, she stabbed the king, she did it because she's evil and now she's evil and she's the leader of the orcs because she's evil. Mm. Well, she doesn't have to be evil, just, but, but yeah, that's like, that's the easiest way to like play that, it out. But yeah, but that's just, but that's just how it, that's just how it read to yeah. me. You know? Yeah. And yeah, it's like the last 10 minutes of that movie were incredibly disappointing mm. purely because it was so shamefacedly just building it up to let's uh, do this. Just, tr- just, 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 just treading water yeah. really. And that's supposed to be the climax. It was, it was not a climax. Yeah. And like it, it, you know, you know where I found, where I decided that like where I realized that that was actually what was going to happen where, uh, you know, uh, Lothar, kills black hand in the the fight yeah and uh guldan's like kill him kill him kill him and she goes no no respect the tradition you'll get all the orcs off side then uh you know who will you lead the war's only just beginning as soon as she said that line i was like oh for fuck's Mm, sake yeah anytime in any movie like this where someone says like something to the effect of the battle is over, but the war has just begun. Roll eyes. I just want, I, I just want to punch the screen because 
it's not necessary. Yeah, it's it, it's not like this. Oh. It was really weird that, you know, what is it? I guess 20 minutes before the film ends, the only decent character in this entire film gets killed. Like Duratan. Yeah, exactly. In a very like unceremonious manner. Mm. And then for like, uh, and then it just trails the, along. Like, the, yeah, yeah, and also to have the whole movie championing this sort of fifty-fifty point of view between the orcs and the humans, and then to have the main spokesman for the orcs basically get killed. It, it then it, it makes the movie lopsided. And then the last thing you see of him is Doomhammer ripping out his goddamn tooth. Yeah, which I get like is that's part of the tradition thing. thing it's like, of like tenderness and everything. Ooh, that's and just that final fucking baby Moses, you know, orc baby in the river, mm. and then he gets picked up, and it's like you shall be the leader now. It's like oh god, tease us more, why don't you? Yeah, let's. <laughs> So we'll get in for the circle jerk. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get in line. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Look, I mean, like you know, like I mean, to sum up, like the move, the the movie on its own was actually not that bad. No, you know, there were the it was it was enjoyable. You know, we didn't talk much about uh, uh, Cadgar. He was a fun little comedic sort of thing that helped push the plot along far more than he should have really. Yeah, they might as well just call him plot device. Yeah, you know, plot device and then, you know, foreshadowing once again for sequels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I think the only – I think the, the best thing about uh, his character was the fact that we get to see um, – he goes into that cube and he, we get to see Glenn Close for, you know, a hot second. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? That was fantastic. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what the fuck they did to convince her to be in that movie, but uh, you know what? It elevated – a pretty goddamn hackneyed scene. So you know what? Thank you, Glenn. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for saving that from the oblivion that it otherwise would have been. I think it was. I think it was more or less. Um, Glenn Close was asked by Duncan Jones, "Hey, do you want to be in this film?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure." He probably lent on the fact, "Please, my dad just died," or. <laughs> I got Kevin Spacey in Moon. (laughs) I can get anyone, baby. Want to be in a movie? (laughs) (laughs) Zoe. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining some sort of porn series now called Zoe Bowie's Casting Couch. (laughs) (laughs) Episode one, Glenn Close. So you want to be a star, don't you? I'm already a star. <laughs> just uh, quiveringly, like you know, about to take a. Do I have to? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you want to make a big and Hollywood sweetheart? <laughs> and dress in a CGI shroud and be in a strange fantasy movie. <laughs> That's what the kids want nowadays. And it is weird. It, it, you don't need that scene. You don't need it. It wasn't required. Not at all. He could have he could have he could have read that shit in a book. Yeah. He could have opened a book and it could have said, This is the shit that has to go down. Oh, fucking and it could have talked it, to it, him. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 this fucking movie, it wouldn't surprise me if the book just opened up and said, Hi. Hello, Governor. <laughs> Hello, what's all this then? All the film, all the film, all, the, all they're no good. They're no good at all. Oh, a lot of funny business with them fell, yes. Let's go fell them up <laughs> now, shall we, boys? <laughs> Fuck, now I want a talking uh, book in Warcraft. That's, that's what would have saved it. A voiced, by Ray, voiced by Ray Winston. Oh, God, yes. If the book said, the fucking orcs... They're infected by the fell. We got a fucking take down. And it's one of their fucked up green death magics. Midgets. It goes ahead, fucks all y'all up. (laughs) I would watch that movie a hundred times in a row. I would pay to see it at the theatre if there was a book in there with Ray Winston cussing in Cockney about orcs. Well, 
Duncan, you know I guess, I, I guess what, uh, Duncan, you know what you're you know going to do for do. the sequel. <laughs> I know we, uh, know we talked about that casting couch thing, but uh, yeah, this is actually a thing that you should do. I think we just invented a way for the sequel to be quite literally 100% better than the first You're one. You're welcome, everyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> so, funnily enough, speaking of sequels and adaptations of contentious properties... Yes, next week we're going to be taking on much to the light of many people, uh, the latest Ghostbusters. You know what? I haven't seen it yet, but, you know, I honestly, it's one of those curious things, you know, the same way that Titanic and Avatar, I don't know why, like, those two Jim Cameron films came to mind, but those were films that, uh, Waterworld, there you go, Waterworld with Kevin Costner, there's another one. These are those are movies like this new Ghostbusters that have basically been judged before anyone actually saw the film, mm. based on the production or the history or like you sexism. Know, the, the, yeah, well, yes, also that. Yeah, mostly that. Let's be let's honest. Be let's be absolutely fair. It's basically because it's got chicks in yeah. it. and you know these are you know the people who brought you you know bridesmaids, which was uh, yeah like. I thought I didn't think anything of that film. Like when like coming into it, I, I went to see it. I fucking quote that film all the time. Like shit, exactly. that's fresh. I say it all the goddamn time because it's like that is a such a funny film. And Melissa McCarthy was like that was you know it broke her out into into what well, that she was that now. was her start that was her that was her star turn and she is actually now one of the biggest stars on the planet yeah. really you know and you know kate mckinnon and leslie jones uh both from snl so you know it's kate, kate mckinnon especially oh, she's, i adore i love her and the, everything the, the, quir- the quirky fuckery that she brings to every single one of her sketches in uh, snl yeah. and even just like seeing a couple of like moments from her in the trailers i'm really psyched mm. to see exactly how she brings the rain in the movie and then i mean like you know kristen why i can't say a word against no. her you know, yeah, she's great. You know, everything, you know, Chris Hemsworth is in it too, you know, is the eye candy. Sure. Yeah. You know, I think it's a lovely, it's a lovely I think reversal. It, yeah, I think it's got, it's got everything that, you know, at the time of this recording, I have seen it. Um, and, and yeah. Oh, well, don't, well, don't give it, don't we give, it, give away. it away. But yeah, it's, this is going to be a really good, uh, really good thing for us to talk about. I'm, you mm. know, there's things that, you know, with the SNL connections and all of that, it does have um, a point to the original, the first Ghostbusters film, not the second one. That sure. one can go fuck I itself. Think I've, I, like I've, I've heard rumors there's cameos, you know, from some of the original mm. cast. I don't know who, but, you know, I mean, I'm intrigued to see how they work it in and also to see how this, you know, film you know, pays homage to the original, but also stands on its you own. know what mo- you know stands on its own and moves beyond it yeah. to be its own entity in this new period of time. Yeah, as we were saying, 20, 20, 2016, You know, it's a new, it's a brave new world, man. Yeah, as we were saying with Warcraft, you know, the uh, the mark of mark of a good film is not by what its fans, uh, the the existing fans are about, but as it stands as a film on its own. Exactly. So being, yeah, ha- having to look at it from, you know, making comments on on all on all of what what has preceded it, but also as a, as a film itself, I think is is very important for us all to do. Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, like you know, as uh, the late great Roger Ebert said, it's not what a film's about; it's how it's about it. Couldn't have said it better myself. God bless his soul. God bless his cotton socks. Yeah. I miss that man every goddamn day. Yeah. No, I, st- I, when we did, uh, Lance of Arabia, um, I, I, I spent a lot of time reading that, um, what, what he's written about that film and all that. Um, yeah, cause it, yeah, if, if, yeah, people need to read more about it and there's all of his, if, 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 are, I mean, if, yeah, if everyone, if anyone ever wants to clue themselves in on, you know, films, older films before 2013 april which is when he died 
you know, uh, look him up. Man wrote film reviews from 1968 uh, onwards. Yeah. And one of the greatest, uh, you know, insights to film I've ever found. He certainly taught me a lot. So if anyone wants to read reviews on films just to get an insight into something you've seen or something you want to see, absolutely read him. They're all on his website, rogerebert.com. It's still maintained by his estate and new reviews are posted there every day by a coterie of reviewers that he chose before he died. Yeah. And I still go, I still go there for, for reviews for every new movie that comes out. Yeah. So go do that while you're on, while you're on the computer, go check out from the silverscreen.com. That's our site. You can get all of our social media uh, links um, and, uh, you know, listen to our back catalog. We're now, you know, we're, we're past 10. So, mm. you know, we're, we're deep. We're deep in this motherfucker. Deep. Well, dude. Mm. Balls deep. <laughs>